What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Mediaverse podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Licardo, and joining with me, as always, is a sacred skull. How are you doing? What's up, everyone? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Hope you all are doing well. Yeah, well, we got a jam pack episode. Uh, We have some big reviews that will be coming at the end. So if you're looking for our Loki finale and Marvel's reviews, those will be our last topics of today. Uh, But we got some other news to go over, some some other things happening in the Mediaverse world. Um, So we're going to start off. The actor strike is over. We're officially done. Finally. Yeah. Um, So obviously it's most important just because the actors are getting paid right. how they should, just like the writers were. Um, but the big thing that's going to come out of this is we're going to all of a sudden start getting news of castings and um, movies are going to get back into production. So I know like Deadpool 3 obviously stopped because of the actor strikes. So that should start filming again here soon. Um, so yeah, that, that's all good. And the next uh, Miles Morales movie. All those voice actors are getting paid again, which is nice. And those yeah. writers. Yeah, so coming out of this, we, we already did get one bit of casting news that came out pretty quickly after the actor strike ended. And that was actually for DC's James Gunn locking yeah. in an actor. Uh, he cast Cersei for the DC Universe, who is a... If you read Homer's The Odyssey, you'll know who Cersei is. Uh, It's a Greek guy, so it's in the Wonder Woman franchise for anyone out there listening. And the actress, I should have pulled up her name, um, but she played Yennefer in The Witcher. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to pull up the name. And as I do, what do you think about this casting? Um, Honestly, I'm indifferent about it. I think it, it could be cool. I mean, I just... Honestly, I didn't expect Cersei to be a character uh, for some reason. But, I mean, hey, you know, here we are. Yeah. Uh, Anya Shalotra. Okay. Butchered that name. That is the actress's name. And where, also for everyone listening, where this is actually coming from is she is going to be voicing the character in Creature Commandos, which is the animated series that was announced. Um, and why people are kind of getting really hyped about this news is because James Gunn has said anyone that voices a character in animated will carry over to live action. Oh, Paul. and yeah, did you have something? No, 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 I was just saying that's really cool that he yeah. has declared that. Yeah, he I think declared that in that opening like oh really message that he gave. I yeah, way did back. Not remember that. That's cool. Um, so that's what people are expecting now. Um, and then I, I think this is interesting. I mean, it's basically the same character as Jennifer. So yeah. she did a good job in that show. That show overall maybe is not the greatest thing after a while, but she was great in the show. She was one of the best characters in that show. I, I would say I agree. Um, so I like this. Um, I don't think this is a big character, though. I don't think yeah. this is like, oh my god, we're going to get Cersei as a huge... I think maybe this continues into that Paradise Falls show that he mm. announced, the Wonder yeah. Woman show. That would be what would make sense to me, yeah. where we would see this character elsewhere. A thousand percent, yeah. Yeah. But hey, 
Good for her. She got yeah, she she got absolutely. into a universe. She got a role. Um. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's not not much else to talk about here at the Actor Strikes. Good good for them for getting paid. Absolutely. Uh, next, um, more delays. Oh, sorry, I'm watching some football and my fantasy players dropped a touchdown. Um, okay. <laughs> Captain America 4 got delayed into 2025 as well as Thunderbolts. Yes. So. That is, you know, unfortunate, but it makes sense. Yeah. It's just, it's fallout from all the strike stuff. Yeah. And it, it was it was always going to happen. Yeah, it makes um, sense. But what this means is the only major Marvel movie next year is going to be Deadpool 3. And I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah. No, I, I kind of feel a... like the community needs a small break from a lot of content. Yeah. That, that's actually exactly what I was just going to say as well. Is I think more than anything, this is just good to get people a bit of a break. Yeah. To... And the one thing that's coming out is something people are super excited about. It's going to yep. be bringing the X-Men. It's, I think, just overall. And I'm sure Kevin Feige realized it as just it gives people a break, which is kind of what some people have been asking for. And you you know Deadpool 3 is going to be popular. So oh, yeah. it's just all Especially around, I think, Hugh just Jackman. good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm so excited for you, Jack. We'll talk more about the X-Men later. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, for reasons. Um, so, yeah. We both think this is overall a good thing. I'm a little sad because I'm really excited about Captain America 4. I think it's going to be too. great. Um, same with the Thunderbolts. I think both these movies are just going to... I really I really have high hopes for these movies. I'm not going to lie. I like all the characters in them. Um Captain America movies are some of my favorite Marvel movies in general. Um, and uh, I really like um, Sam Wilson as Captain America. So, uh, yeah. yeah, looking forward to it. No, and I think these are what people have been missing, where like we haven't had the teams, we haven't had like the super connectors. I think the right. these two movies, Captain America 4 and Thunderbolts, are basically going to be the Avengers level movies of okay. kind of phase four early phase five right basically kind of like how civil war was at yeah. that point it's basically an event i think that's gonna be these two movies and they're gonna have this connected story um and really kind of set earth up for where they need to be um going into whatever the actual multiversal conflict will be we'll discuss that i think a bit in the loki finale discussion of what we think that's going but I think these two movies are extremely important. I think they're both going to be great. The characters and the stuff that are supposed to be appearing here, I'm super excited about. Um, so yeah, no, take take the time, get it right. Yeah, please. Especially since we are taking such a big break and since everyone is on that, well, not everyone, but a lot of people are on that. There's a lot of Marvel content. We need to slow it down, you know, type beat and since they are going to be the movies that we are coming back to after this kind of hiatus-ish type thing, um, I, I feel like they need to hit the ground running when they start putting out mass content again. And, yeah, take the time, do it right, make it great, and make the people want Marvel content again. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so moving on, we uh, got confirmation that Blade, whenever it eventually comes out, yep, who knows? Uh, but when it does, uh, <laughs> it is going to be rated M. Yes. A rated M, rated R. Rated R, yeah. I'm in the video game mindset, rated M. <laughs> yeah. I, wrote, I even wrote rated M in the doc. Rated R, mm-hmm. um, I guess I was thinking TVMA, because I was yeah. thinking like, oh, because Echo's TVMA, Daredevil's right. probably going to be TVMA. I mean, this this was needed. Yeah, a thousand percent. The PG-13 prior to this was not a good idea, I think. It limits them. Rated R is great. Yeah. And I think this also just shows that Marvel, Disney are willing to kind of start doing this more. The fact that we're getting this confirmation. We know Deadpool is going to be rated R. Um, They've just, I think they've also maybe realized their audience is kind of a little older. They they need to skew older. They need to have that darker side to keep people interested. And maybe this is reaction to the complaints of, Ragnarok, or not Ragnarok, uh, Love and Thunder, Thunder, where, oh, got too silly, got too ridiculous. Yeah. Um, And this kind of, to me, seems like, okay, we hear you, we're getting a little more serious. I agree. Uh, Because Echo, Daredevil, and Blade, being the mature shows, as they should be, and movie, um, I think it's, yeah, finally a little bit more self-awareness coming from them. And like, okay. I see it. We see it. We understand. And I like that. Yeah. Kind of added on to that uh, with the TVMA and rated R stuff. Um, Feige announced that Echo is going to be called a Marvel Spotlight show. Like it's going to have that kind of like, you know, like um, Holiday Special and Werewolf by Night were special presentation. Apparently there's this new tag that Echo is getting, which is called a Spotlight. Okay. Okay. That, I was like, it, it was weird news, yeah, but it's like, strange. if anything, like, okay, the, I don't know what this, if this spotlight becomes like the M rated thing, but then why not call it like Marvel Max, which I think right. is what it was in the comics. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, we don't need all these different tags. I think that's just going to add into this ridiculous. It's to me kind of like the, oh, hey, you, you don't really need to watch this one. Right. The, we're we're telling you this one's not that important, right? If you don't want to watch everything, that's what it seems like. But just wanted to throw that in there. If it becomes the rated M title, then I think that's fine. But I think it's more just saying like, hey, this is we're spotlighting this, but it's not that important, right? The spotlight is to tell you you can avoid this if you want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, um, going into our last bit of little news before we get into the big discussions. Um, not Marvel, DC, or Star Wars related, but we're both video game players. We're both gamers, so... Indeed. Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Got a announcement that a movie is being developed, uh, live action in particular. Um I don't know how much of a Zelda fan you are. I'm a huge Zelda fan. I'm a um, but what below are your average of this? Zelda fan. But I do really like um, just the characters and the stories um, and the world even. Uh, I've only really played like two Zelda games in my entire life. Uh, uh, Ocarina of Time is probably my favorite. Um, 
but I'm I'm excited. I, I I hope they do it right. I mean, I was questioning the Mario movie, and then I ended up loving it. So if they can do that, but in live action, very well. Hey, I'm here for it. I will. I'm going to see the movie when it comes out. I already decided. So yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the Mario movie because that's kind of where I want to take this discussion. Because mm-hmm. I know some people, and I'm in the Zelda scene, and so I've heard, and there's actually been in like the Zelda scene some trepidation about this. Oh, really? It's kind of weird. You'd expect it to be like, oh, yeah, we're getting a movie. Yeah. But like a lot of people in particular are upset about the live action aspect. Okay. Because they're like, oh, well, Mario animated was so good, and just uh, I kind of wish they did animated. I kind of disagree. I'm, yeah. I'm just like, I I think to do Zelda and to do it right, in particular, if you do an animation, it would be Illumination again. It yeah. would be the people that did Mario. And that just, I don't think, fits it doesn't seem for. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm happy they're going the live action out. Obviously, that makes it a little hard. But the thing with Zelda and the f- story of it is it's telling a legend story and things change so it's already kind of set for if they need to recast characters in the future and make them look different it's kind of already has that built in it's literally in the game link looks basically different every game so it looks different every game ganondorf looks different but just telling an epic story um so i i think live action works for this i think it sets it up to become a franchise yep the big thing is, and I know people have already been joking about it, I was like, oh, well, is Link going to talk? Yes, of course he's going to talk. Yeah, he's, he's going to have to talk. Yeah. You're going to have to accept it. It's in the gaming universe, it's been implied that he talks. You just, you as the player are Link, so you're filling in his voice. And right. that's why you don't actually physically hear him talk. It's kind of filling in the lines. You're just not going to be able to fill in the lines here. Right. So, and it. Like people had that same concern with like Mario and Luigi because they only have like four lines in the games, and like uh, I remember the memes. They were like, "Oh yeah, every sentence is just going to be whoa, whoa, whoa," and I was like, "Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. It's a movie, yeah. <laughs> you know." And I, I think, and like you said with the Mario movie, I think originally we need to remember the Mario movie did get a ton of backlash, and oh, yeah. people were really down on it and disappointed. And I always the, had ca- the casting came out, and oh, people yeah. were mad and upset. And then it comes out, and it's huge. And everyone I was a believer it. the whole time, and I was, I'm glad I was because yeah. I enjoyed that movie a lot. Yeah, but I, I can fully see this is going to follow that same path. And oh, the reason why sure. I believe it will end up being good is because Nintendo is right there in the development. Yes. They're not just giving the rights to some movie studio and say, yeah, you guys go do what you want with it. And they're doing what they did with Mario. And we're having a say in this. We're developing this with you. Right. Um, and yeah, so I, and Nintendo is not going to put something out there that they're not happy with. Agreed. So if this takes 10 years for them to get something they're happy with, it takes 10 years. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as it goes and uh, kind of discuss things as it pops up. But let's for get sure. to the major topics. Yes, sir. And we're going to start with Loki because that one came first. That one came out Thursday. Well, I guess Sounds technically good. they both came out Thursday night. But yeah, Loki okay. <laughs> had its season finale. And I'm just going to kick it off to you to start. What'd you think? Um, Oh, my God. You know, uh, that was, it was great. Uh, Fantastic. Um, Mind-blowing, even, for me. 
Um, it had so many elements that I loved. Uh, I mean, just the journey of of Loki snapping through different points in time to figure out how to fix the loom. And he goes back 10 years to learn all the mechanics and all the science he needs and then tries it and it still fails. And he goes back and he learns something different and he tries it again. And it's just, you can see, and like the way uh, Tom Hiddleston portrays that. And it's just like, he's so like, he's focused and he wants it and he's, frustrated and he's like okay we got to go faster we got to do this we got to do that there's like this this sense of um like does like there there's a there's something on the line you know and i feel like that's missing a lot of the time but in this show it's always portrayed well and um you always feel the tension and the 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 cause of purpose and stuff like that and then um the scene where he finally figures out that it all starts back when Sylvie kills He Who Remains, and he goes back to try to stop Sylvie from killing He Who Remains again, um, and over and over and over again, and you see those over and over where he's just like exhausted, but he's still doing it over and over again. And then you get to this really cool part of him having this one-on-one with he who remains um and he who oh by the way i think jonathan majors again killed it uh with the, the See, he who I, remains. I, I was gonna stop you after the he yeah. who remains stuff because i don't want to talk about because obviously i i talked about i wasn't the biggest fan of his victor timely portrayal. his right. he who remains portrayal is still perfect phenomenal like that yeah. that is yeah. that is the king and the like menacing and the villain we need the but that but like it makes sense for me because like that is the winning Kang, you know, he did it all. So it makes sense that that is like the Kang we want to see the villainous, the jokingly yet scary type character. Like that was perfect. Um, and then the back and forth between them where he's like uh, making fun of like even Victor Timely's like stutter and stuff. And Tom Hiddleston's back and forth where he's like, or when Kang is like, all right, let's bring her back and see what happens. And then Loki reveals to us that he knows how to stop time. And it reveals to him that it was not the first time they had this conversation. Uh, that was really sick. I I was like, wow. Oh, my God. There were so many points in the show where I was this, this finale where I was like, oh, my God. Jeez. Uh, but yeah, um, no, I, it's, yeah, like yeah, I completely the reveal when like he first like he turns to him, he's like, "Why do you just keep sitting there?" And then he remains positive. <laughs> like, yeah, I was finally waiting for you to ask. Like clearly, right. I could tell you've been doing this multiple times. Uh, you haven't figured out how to do this yet. I thought you'd be farther along. Like him taunting it, and then yeah, the reveal that Loki is playing him as well was yeah. great. Um, but the big thing that kind of obviously came out of this was this is as we've talked about this has been the plan the whole time yeah. is this this was kind of he who remains plan to get victor timely to do this the loom exploding is just a fail safe that resets everything so that he can come up and become who he is right. and 
uh, Loki, he basically taunts him in order to try and stop it, would, oh, he needs to kill Sylvie. Right. And that kind of then really sets up the very final scenes of the episode, but it was just like, it was very clear that this is what He Who Remains wanted all along. Right. Um, so up to that point, let's not go farther. Kind of, what do you think? Do you think it, it's truly been everything that he's had planned out? It's going exactly how this he oh. thought? Um, or all of a sudden with the reveal that Loki has learned how to do all this other stuff, is are things going different than what he thought? Um, no. I think, I think it's exactly what He Who Remains has wanted from every episode we've seen of season two. Um, because... Um, that just that conversation, just that I knew you were going to be able to time slip. I knew eventually you'd be able to freeze time. I knew we'd have this conversation again. I knew we'd be right back here telling you that the loom was a fail safe and that all this wouldn't work. Um, because as he explained, it just makes sense. Uh, as you put it together, that everything cascading and falling upon itself and messing up and, realigning it all just makes sense for Kang's eventual up and coming to come back around the the Ouroboros of it all you know yeah and I I tend to agree but I also think there's a bit of that it is slightly different than what he thought Hmm. with like the reveal that Loki kind of has that power and is playing him a bit as well in those moments um mainly because like I said kind of way back in when we were talking about episode one that this essentially seems like Loki's almost getting some of Kang's powers. Right. And it's we see that here. And Loki's doing it once, just to note, without the technology. Kang yeah. needs his technology to do this stuff. Loki just has these abilities. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I think there is a bit of the plan is slightly different than expected. Okay. And I think that then builds into where it goes because I think every time, maybe up to that point, up to those conversations, it, it has gone the same. And then maybe Loki does kill Sylvie in mm-hmm. all the loops of the past. But then as he says here, he's gonna change the equation. Okay. That that's what he says. And I think at that moment is kind of when the, this Loki's different somehow, some way. It's it's a different Loki, it's not the one that's been in every loop before right um that's how i kind of felt it could all still just be one big plan but this also gets into that conversation we had last week where is king gonna continue on and we'll have that discussion when we discuss the very ending of because the variety article said this episode tied them basically into king and put them in like with their backs against the wall we'll talk about that but after that moment, so after the King stuff, do you have anything left with the He Who Remains King um, that you want to talk about before we yeah, move on? Uh, just to add on to what you were saying about like maybe this Loki is different and that he's changing the equation, I think that um, having watched the first season again before watching this season, when we finally do meet He Who Remains, um, and he says he's like talking about his like life and what has happened and where they are and blah, blah, blah. And the timeline right before Sylvie kills him. Um, and then we jump back to that point 
with this season two finale, there's, we find out more and more and more. So I feel like with Kang, there's always just more in the back of his mind, which is why I think that this is all part of his plan. Because even at first interaction, he could have said all this to Loki before, but no, he waited specifically until Loki found the power to then continue the conversation with him. So I think in Kang's mind, there's still more to come, but he's just, you know, a villain. So he's not going to elaborate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I I can definitely see it going that way. And I think it's left vague so that it can be seen as potentially either way. And for sure, maybe if it it, it continues to be Kang down the line, it is revealed that this has been the whole plan the whole time. Um, But kind of right after that scene, then we get the scene, basically, Loki trying to find the final answer. What should he do? And he has two scenes. One with Sylvie, where he goes back to where the timeline's ending with his friends from episode five. And one with Mobius, where he actually travels back to their first meeting when he's arrested in the time theater. It's a great scene. Um, Yeah. Let's talk about the Sylvie one first, because I think that one's less important. How do you like the, the kind of Sylvie scene that he had in that moment where he pulls her out of time he tells her what's going on and she basically says like oh are you asking permission to kill me at that right. moment um what do you think about that scene because i i don't think it it was definitely not as good as the mobius scene was coming yeah. right after i don't think it added that much it really yeah. did anything for the show i agree uh i was very indifferent about that scene i feel like I feel like Loki and Sylvie's connection has severed a bit since the first season and with like, you know, with reason and, um, and I feel like that scene kind of just encapsulates how much they aren't really attached anymore. And, uh, like it works for the show, I feel like, but it definitely feels like it was made to feel emptier of a scene uh, on purpose, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, like he, he is kind of going to like ask her what to do. Right. And all of that. And she says, oh, I'm not going to give you permission just to kill me. Cause that's basically what he is thinking at that moment. He hasn't yeah. come up with his final plan. I just don't think it needed to be there. I think they could have, I think the last time they actually do kind of look at each other in those moments was a much better scene where you do still see that Sylvie does care for Loki and that they care for each other. I think that scene just felt weird. Because yeah. then you go to the next scene with Mobius. And he gets his answer there. Just right yeah. after, from a different source, he gets told what the hard decision is to make. Because that's basically what King was taunting him the yeah. whole time. In order to be the ruler, in order to be in charge, in order to be this person at the end of time, you, have to make you the need calls. to make the hard choice. And yeah. King is referencing as... Kill, killing Sylvie, killing your friends, killing the timelines, all of this. And Loki first seems to be, and this is also maybe where it's a different path, because at first he kind of goes to the path of, okay, how do I make this hard choice and kill this person I love? Right. And he goes and basically says something to her. But then he goes to Mobius. And my God, the scene with him and Mobius and the information we get here was fantastic. So he slips into that moment where they're first meeting and he basically asks Mobius, how do you make the hard choices? How do you live with knowing what you're doing? 
And this is still indoctrinated Mobius, but we get the backstory of him and where he was a hunter and he apparently caused many deaths because he was unable to prune someone. In particular, it was an eight-year-old child playing with his brother. Yep. Also, that's just totally his kids. He was told to go kill, like, prune one of his kids' variants, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one what of I my thought. two when, theories. When they said yeah. that, I was just it's, like... It's one of my two theories. It's either... Um, well, my theory is actually a little more in-depth than that. Because um, his Earth name is the same name as Odin's um, on-Earth uh, fake name. And I think it was just a Loki variant. Um, that he was, it was him, but not him. It was Odin, but it was the kids that were his kids, but they were Loki and Thor, if that makes sense. And he had to prune a Loki that was actually his kid that looked like his kid. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not told, but it's, it's, it ties in. Oh, he's remembering the fact that he has kids and all this and kind of that fact. We find out Renslayer was his partner, which that's no shock. We knew they had a relationship and worked with each other. Right. Um, But she does prune the kid. That's why she goes on and becomes a judge. He goes on to a desk job, all this other stuff. Right. Um, But he basically gets the message he needs from Mobius that you have to live with those hard choices, whichever way you make them. It's not going to, whichever decision you make is not going to be an easy choice and choosing what's essentially best for you and what is going to bring the best world about and kind of getting that message in that moment from Mobius. I thought that scene was so powerful and just also just instantly undercut the scene that was right before it. Yeah. Like instantly. <laughs> it was such a powerful scene that you just forget about the minuscule Sylvie scene right before it. No. Um, so yeah, anything to add to um, the Mobius and Sylvie scenes before we get to what Loki decides to do? Uh, well, I just got to say that Mobius and Loki's like friendship brotherhood type thing is just probably my favorite thing in the show. They're just such a good dynamic that work together very well. That's it. I'm going to miss Mobius and Loki together. Yeah. Um, All right. So then the reveal. So Loki goes back. He to the loom again. Right. He knows it's a fail safe. It's always going to blow up. And he decides, I know what to do. And we see him. He goes down to the walkway. He walks out there and... Which is what a what a just powerful scene, crazy, and and that moment where the door shuts behind him, you have Syl, and this is where I was talking about it, it was, yeah. and it was weird that the one this scene also undercut the weird Sylvie scene right before because it's Sylvie and Mobius who come down to the door, and yep. they're the ones telling him no, just stop, you don't yeah. do it, don't, and he turns to them and he says, I know what I must do, I know the kind of god I want to be for us and for. All of us. For you yeah. and for all of us. And that is a direct line from Thor 1, where Loki thought he was doing the good thing um, in, you know, bringing, you know, the war. Um, but this time he figured it out the right yeah. way. Yeah. 
And he's not just doing it just for his friend. He is doing it for everyone. Yep. Giving everyone a chance. Not just selfishly for who he cares about. Even yep. though it is helping who he cares about. It's and it was just like that moment before he walked out. I was like, man, so, just so good. So, so good. good all and the all. smile and like the the tears, but yet the happiness. It's just such a well-portrayed scene. Yeah. Uh, so then he walks out, and as he does, his TVA clothes kind of get ripped away by the One time. One of the coolest and... suit-up scenes we've gotten, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Start, starts to get a Loki gear, gets his horns. The yep. horns are made out of the material of the Citadel. It's that yep. black with the gold. It's just so cool. He gets to the end of the line. He blows up the loom with his magic, and... As King the Conqueror and Quantumanium says, or Boris says it here, the timeline is dying. And all the strands are dying in front of him. He starts grabbing them and putting life into them and yep. holding them and bringing them together as he marches up and takes his throne. Yep. Where he's connecting and holding the timelines together we get a visual at the end of it all where camera zooms out camera zooms out and all the timelines are alive and it's a tree it's idrasil it's it's idrasil but at an even bigger level because it's not just the world's it's every timeline yep it's amazing um fantastic i mean i can't begin to describe how cool it was. Um, and after the, the Idrisil reveal, it goes back in and you get a, you get a close pan on Loki's face sitting on his new throne, accepting he goes through like all of like the different stages of like realization. He's like accepting, he's sad, he's happy and he's content all at once. And like no words are said, nothing is happening but it's all his facial expressions and it's just a great, I think it's just an amazing um, performance of just from where Loki was 12 years ago to where he is now. What a character, you know, and to just see him finally become a God and finally just be okay with not having his friends around, but also knowing that they're safe because he's doing what he needs to do. It's just a great scene. Yes. You know, and uh, the kind of this, this also all has basis in the comics Uh, for anyone that there's a storyline that was written uh, where Loki basically similar to this. There was like an evil older version gets reincarnated to younger in this case, kind of that they did that on TV. But he comes what's called the God of Stories. Yes. And a lot of people are saying this is Loki becoming the God of Stories. He's now, he's the one creating the stories um, with the timelines and all this. I actually think it's setting something different up. That's also based in the comics. I think this is actually setting him up to be Avenger Prime. Yeah. uh, Which is another role Loki played in Secret Wars and other storylines where he basically is kind of a person at the end of time, viewing everything, comes into play. I think that's what we're going to end up seeing here with this, uh, where Loki is here holding these timelines together and should, and this one again, we'll have this discussion at the very end of this, should this multiverse story continue 
I think this Loki is going to come into play when things start to go haywire. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, but I, I, I the god of stories that he's, I don't think he's controlling the time. I think that's the yeah. whole thing. He doesn't. I think he's just watching over. He's yeah. making sure they're good. He's not. He's not. Uh, he's protecting he's their not, existence. He's not he's writing not, the yeah. story. He's not right. controlling the story. He's just protecting it. Right. Exactly. He's making sure it lives. Yeah. Which, I mean, it could be, and the whole thing with the God of Stories comic is, well, he didn't want to be the God of Lies. Well, lies are just stories. So stories is the good version of lies and all this. And, and I think, once again, it's, we're probably not going to get these terms. Not gonna be, he's not going to be like, oh, Loki, the God of Stories. He's not going to say that stuff. But I, I think if you are looking, anyone out there listening wants to kind of go see comic base. I'm leaning more towards Avengers Prime. If you want to look into those comic stories where Loki's character could be going more so than the God of Stories route. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then we get kind of the wrap up scene um, afterwards. So Loki's away. The TVA is now trying to help protect the timelines and just keep them safe. Um, we get we get an image of a poster that's a tree that says "Let it grow." Yep. So they're all about keeping what Loki made safe. Yep. Um, we get a reference towards Quantum Mania uh, with a file saying that there was a six one six adjacent uh, King variant, and you can, if you look, it's it's Quantum a Mania stuff. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second, but it yeah. kind of wraps up. Mobius goes and views his life on the timeline, um, sees his, him with his kids. There's a weird scene with Loki and Mobius where you can tell they don't... Those two really aren't that close, yeah. Loki or Mobius and Sylvie. And it's just... Yeah. How'd you, how do you like kind of the epilogue, the ending stuff uh, that they did? I thought it was really nice. Um, it was... It, like... Well, first of all, the... Like just the 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 relationship between Sylvie and Mobius, it's just like obviously awkward, and I think that really just plays into the fact that uh, Loki was just so important to both of them, and it was kind of their glue in in a way. And uh, Sylvie had this like kind of just like relief kind of face, kind of like joyful in a way, but kind of still sad. Um, and Mobius kind of looked um, just depressed in a way. And it was cool to see that um, what has happened and with their friend um, has affected them in different ways. And um, they talk about it in like this meaningful yet kind of vague sense um, of like, you know, time, let time pass which is the big message at the end. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a, a nice, a, a good send off, a good way to end it. Uh, very subtle, very sweet. Uh, yeah. That's how I would word that. So it was sweet. I think they, with Sylvie and Mobius, I think it could have been a better ending scene kind of making oh, yeah. it feel like, I don't think it was the greatest, but we get an idea of where they're at and their, their mindsets here right. at the end of it all. And I wasn't the biggest fan of the final scene, but it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. 
Anything about all that before we discuss what we think this builds into? Um, yeah, I do have like one thing. Um, the um, the Citadel is made of like black and gold, and um, it's actually uh, an art form in pottery. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, ancient Chinese yeah, pottery. It's, um, I think it's called like Kin. Kinzuki or something like that. I can't something pronounce that. I'm sorry yeah, about that. Sounds familiar. But yeah, it's it's the it's the idea of instead of replacing something, you fix it and make it prettier. Uh, basically, with another by adding on to it, you 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 accept the the problems with it and you fill it in with something and make it look nicer. Um, and I think just that subtlety in the art design and even the character design um, when that's Loki's crown, when his horns are made out of the black and gold and his wrists are, and his throne um, uh, being that the Citadel had that. And then now being so that way it's Loki's. And I think that really works with his whole character because, you know, he was broken and he was all out of his way but he's found a way to fill the, fill that in and become whole again and while accepting who he was and figuring it all out. And I think that was just a really cool, subtle, like, message that they put in there that really worked. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was cool. The right, art so then a couple questions um, of where this all goes from here. Um, and we, I guess we could kind of take it. Let's start with the king of it all. Okay. Does this, as Variety say, lock Marvel into Kang? Do you feel like we have to move forward with Kang from this point? Jonathan Majors, loving the performance, anything like that. Because that was a big thing that the article mentioned, was like it felt like it Marvel was backed into a wall here with the, the Loki season. Do you feel like that's the case? Do you feel like a Doom could step in? Do you feel like the multiverse story is what has to be continued from here? What do you feel like um, from the Kang side of it all? Um, I feel like... I do. I I do feel like that Kang is kind of solidified here. Um, I definitely do think they have room to explore other, you know, alternatives here. But I do feel like them including just that little detail of Quantumania and uh, the fact that they are keeping tabs on Kang variants, um, I think it does kind of um, leave that that room for, oh yeah, Kang is going to continue to be watched and continue to pop up and things are going to continue to happen with him. Um and I think the the multiverse is definitely still going to continue because, I mean, you know, Loki is holding on to a billion trillion branches of different timelines. So I don't think there's I don't think there's a way that we just kind of just go back to singular timeline from here um, unless we just get a hard reset. But um, I think from what we've set up, I think Kang is definitely still in the picture, whether it be. Jonathan Majors or not. Um, and I think Multiverses is definitely still there, for sure. Yeah. No, I think Multiverse is still there, for yeah. sure. I think 
that idea, and obviously we'll get to talking about the Marvels. I think the Marvels locks it in oh, yeah. more than Loki. Did. For sure. Um, but I actually think they wrote it in a way that Kang could not be brought forward. Interesting. And I think the ending actually set up more the potential to me that it could not be Kang with the kind of throwaway line about the Quantumania Kang. Like, oh, well, it didn't seem like a big deal. The fact that it maybe Loki did go off on this path that was not expected um, and the failsafe didn't go off and reset and make it so maybe the pathway for He Who Remains isn't as clear. I we see Victor Timely not get in the book in the past. They show us a scene with that. Yeah. So just, I think they could make it in a way that, oh, this eliminated Kang and they oh. move on. Oh, I have a thought. Um, but then also then there's Ravona at the yeah. end. Yeah. Um, and we see her at the end of time and she's sitting at where the TVA was and you see a purple glow, which people are assuming is Elias. Yeah, with the growl um, and stuff, yeah. With the growl and stuff. And something to note um, with anyone that doesn't know, because Elias in the show is a lot of people's exposure to Elias. Yeah. Elias is a sentient individual being in Marvel in the comics that is a destroyer of worlds and isn't basically just a dog for King yeah. like they did in the show. Maybe it goes in an Elioth route. Um, you know who else is very purple and glowy is a Galactus. Maybe yeah. they go down that route. But the where I think actually this potentially is more king is the fact that there was a Sphinx and a pyramid yes. behind Ravona. Yes. And that could be Ramatut, yeah. the original king, the very first. And maybe and that's Ravonna. her meeting up with him and yep. a some other stuff going on. So I think they left it out. A, it could go either way. Yeah. I think it would make most sense, obviously to keep King around. Um, and I, a theory we've talked about, uh, but I will say for the Marvel's discussion, I think is more likely at this point and maybe the path that they go, which would lead to a recasting esque of King yeah. because he might need to be a little younger. Maybe. Um, um, that's what I'll save here in case anyone's not wanting Marvel's discussion and just going to stop after the Loki. I think that that discussion we've had could be coming into play. So I think it could go either way. I think they, I don't think they're backed into a Kang corner Yeah. after this. They're backed into a multiverse corner. For sure. They're locked in. That's that. very clear. Yeah. But I don't think they're backed into a Kang corner. I think they've been locked into a multiverse corner since they announced Secret Wars. But, you know, that's, no. yeah. Yeah, no, they're, we're getting the multi. Whether people yeah. like it or not, I know some people just don't like multiverse stories yeah. and all those. We're, this is getting to an end because also they want to essentially reset the Marvel Universe oh, yeah. and have it and have all the characters in the world and be yep. able to maybe recast with a in-universe explanation to have a new Iron Man to, yeah. To have it's a whole Avengers again you and like have a whole not. X-Men yeah. and have a whole Fantastic Four and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Any last thoughts about Loki? Um, uh, um, uh, just a fantastic show, I got to say. Uh, I actually 
put out a little Twitter review. Um, but when I finished it, I just said that it was just an amazing watch through and through. And uh, just the acting and the cinematography and the music choices and the set design, the, the set design being practical um, and not just all CGI nonsense. Um, again, finally, I think is something that is amazing and helped the show a lot because like they could have easily gave OB that one desk in the front and CGI the whole back of the room, you know, but they didn't, that was a real room that they built and they kept and they used twice. And it was, it was a great room and uh, Kang's room was real and the T every TVA hallway and, and room and blah, blah, blah. That was all real. And uh, they had to, they actually had to fight Marvel for the budget for that. Um, to do practical set design, but I think it helped the show in a way that kind of Marvel has kind of lost. Um, I think like real sets help the show develop, um, help characters develop and um, help actors perform. And I think it all kind of shows in this show, but uh, yeah, uh, I got to say that this is probably one of my favorite Marvel product product projects of all time. Um, Peak MCU, as I keep calling it, and yeah, that's that's it. No, I, I I'd agree with everything you said. And the last thing I'll kind of throw out is the Ouroboros of it all. Um, yeah, it all even over the two seasons was a yep. giant loop. Um, the structure of the seasons was basically exactly the same. Like if you map out like where the peaks and the valleys and all this, it's the the thematic elements and how they kind of planned and executed everything was fantastic. So I agree. You know, just as a film study, as a, a acting job, as a visual, there's, there's so many great things yeah. that can be said about this show. And I know some people aren't the biggest fans of it, say it's too confusing, this, that. I think you don't get caught up as much in the time travel, if that's what's confusing, just look at it as a character story because yeah. that is really what it is for sure um but yeah um let's move on to the marvels then okay um and we'll talk just kind of as we always do general thoughts specific things to like maybe don't like um and then and credit scenes all that so if you haven't seen the movie obviously this would be where you full spoilers ahead um but yeah, I I actually I know you saw my thoughts on Twitter after yep. I saw it. I have not. I do not know your opinion on this at all. I tweeted so out this morning actually. Um, my thoughts were. Give me one second. My my. I'll start off with my spoiler free thoughts. Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, I thought it was truly a fun theater experience. Um, I felt like all of the Marvels worked really well together. That trio of Spectrum, Miss Marvel, and Captain Marvel, they all worked very well together. And I think uh, uh, Brie Larson's Captain Marvel um, really kind of stepped it up in a way that we needed her to. Um, and she felt more unique of a character, I, I think, um, and had some heart to her and had some, you know fun moments and interesting, weird moments. Um, I think that Miss Marvel 
is the MVP of the whole movie. Um, Imani, I can't remember her name, but she does Iman an amazing Valani. job. Iman Valani. She, she is a great casting. Um, 10 out of 10 performance from her. Um, she really does every scene that she's in. She really does like bring it every time, every time. Um, and, um, it, uh, a few people that I know have made the point of this movie feels like it's from her perspective. Like she's the one telling the story and it feels like that, but in the best way possible, I think it's, it's got the action you want. It's got the goofiness that you, you know, you, you love for Marvel, but it's not overly goofy. Well, maybe in that one point in the middle, but yeah, yeah. like there's two scenes that yeah. they went goofy, but like, the, and I mean, that's why go go goofy yeah. with color. It was not the whole movie is right. goofy. Like, exactly, it's not Love and Thunder. It was balanced. Really, every yeah. second is goofy. It's yeah. balanced. Yeah, it was. It was a great. It was enjoyable. The action felt great. the The story was good, at least for me. Um, and um, I have a few gripes, but um, I do think uh, overall, it's it's a good movie. It's a good Marvel movie, and I really did enjoy it. Yeah, no, and I I'm very much am in that same route. I yeah. think it was it was a solid movie yeah. throughout. It was just the characters were good, the action action was great. Yeah, like phenomenal. the action scenes were fantastic. Yeah. The switching, yeah, that looked super lame in the trailers. And this it, is what I've said, and I've said to everyone: the trailers do not do this movie justice. I agree. The trailers made this look like a boring movie. There wasn't much going on. The action was going to be plain and just. It, nothing, and I think, and what they did was essentially keep a lot of that hidden in the trailers. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't sell the movie well, but then it kept those surprises for the movie. Yep. It's kind of a double-edged sword because there's not a lot of hype behind this, yeah. but maybe there should have been more hype behind it because the switching was awesome when they were doing it and the fighting and the actions. And there were some long actions. Oh, yeah. These, sure. these were like... 15 minute long action scenes that yeah. just kept going and they were cool and everyone gets their moments and it's and the, and it looked visually great. Like I gotta say, I, again, no wonky VFX yeah, or anything like that. Love and Thunder, it was not weird. It was not. Yeah. Yeah. There's no Modoc faces here. Right. There's, none there's of that. no like, floating heads. There's no, yeah. it's, it looked good. Like it genuinely, I gotta say it kind of, very much surprised me. Uh, yeah, and I know the best way possible. We had a discussion on this podcast when the runtime came out, yeah. and a little worried that oh, that short runtime, maybe there's not a lot to. It does not feel like no. hour forty five yeah. minutes. They pack a lot into this, and it's constantly moving, and yeah, everything feels good. It's, Great pacing. Yeah. yeah, the I I'm I'm, I'm going to just keep singing the praises of the movie because I Me think too. it is one of the better movies marvel's put out yeah in in recent years and i it's it's not guardians 3 no it's not that level no. but it's not it's not bad it's around like a shang chi like, yeah I, it's I agree very much that level that quality and that kind of just goodness all around and yeah yeah i just i loved most of the movie, I agree, yeah. and we'll get to it. I think, and the probably the senior, the musical scene, yeah, 
The music yeah. planet is, I think, the one scene that's really going to get a lot of people yeah. of whether they're either going to love it or they're going to hate it. I'm a music theater fan, so Me I too. actually found it <laughs> really enjoyable. Yeah. It was a little weird, but it doesn't go on for too long. No. It's there. It happens. They make some jokes. Once again, Amon Vellani sells yeah, it and sells really it. kind of builds into it. And it was fine. It did, If it drug on for like another five minutes, yeah, ten it minutes. didn't go into yeah. something else, then I'd, I'd be, it was fine. Yeah. But I know some people aren't going to like it. I, um, I went with my, a uh, couple of my friends and, um, you know, I, I am also a musical theater fan. So I was like, this is kind of cool. It's kind of weird. Uh, I was kind of taken out of the moment for a second when it happened, uh, when the little girl just started singing, I was like, uh, what's going on? Um, but I enjoyed it. And when it got like real Disney E and she transformed into a princess and the sparkles, I was like, okay, I know what we're doing here, but I was looking at my friends and they were like, what the hell? is going on like they're not fans of you know singing musicals and blah blah but um i i enjoyed it and i can definitely see i physically saw people get taken out of the movie because of that moment but um i thought it was cool uh just because of it did what it wanted to do and then was over and that was cool yeah, yeah. No, and, and that was it. It was like it was there, it did it, right. and the jokes were made. Captain Marvel's officially a Disney princess right. now. Yeah. Like, just accept it. It's there. It's, right. it's fact. Um, no, it was fun. Yeah. Um, the other big silly scene um, that could be the other one that people don't like is the flirking kittens. Yeah. And... I got. I love the flirting kids. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, me too. Like the so this is the climax of the movie. Things are going wrong on the sword ship. Yep. And they don't have escape pods for the crew. Yep. But Goose just had a bunch of kittens. Yep. And flirkins. If you don't remember from Captain Marvel one, Goose the the cat isn't really a cat. It's an alien yep. with a pocket dimension in it. And when you're eaten by a flirkin, you don't die. You go into that dimension. Yep. So the plan is have all the flirking kittens eat all the people and have the, cause it's easy. They could fit all the kittens into an escape pod and the scene they do. And like the fact that it's, it has a fun song over it, but it's filmed like a horror scene yeah. and it's the reaction of the crew. They're all terrified, but like the <laughs> yeah. heroes are having fun and yeah. Nick Fury's having fun. Cause he loves goose and the cats. It was, I thought it was, it was up there with James Gunn, like silliness yeah. and goodness. I and I loved it. I loved I thought working. it. I thought it was a, such a welcome. It was a welcome goofy moment, like a welcome, like, Things are going bad, but we're going to have fun with it right now. Like, that was a great moment. And the fact that uh, yeah. Kamala's family's there yeah, helping yeah. out. Like, yeah. And they're all reacting the, to it and stuff. Oh, that's uh, great. Brie Larson comes in and is like, so the plan is literally to herd cats? Yeah. And Samuel L. Jackson's like, yes. And she's like, all right, I'm in. And just starts yeah. herding the cats. I was like, this is great. And, and even when they first get there and they see all the cats and Maria Rambo is just like, I can't even, and just goes to her office, and it's just it's like, like I'm going to work. It, yeah, like it, like, and it speaks to like probably it speaks to those fans that are like, I can't even with this scene, you know. Uh, I think it's just a really well made, goofy James Gunn esque, like you said, moment. Yeah, yeah, 
And I was just, so those are the two scenes that I feel like people will have gripes with because oh, sure. everything else besides that is good standard Marvel yeah good story. Um, so I wanted to make sure we just hit those two scenes, but um, let's just talk other highlights, other things that happened in the movie that you didn't expect. Uh, uh, story characters. Let's just kind of oh, hit some points. But I I'll, I'll let you take one. Um, just um, you know, we talked. Brie Larson, we talked Iman Vellani, we, but I, I gotta say Maria Rambo's character was great. Um, I was happy to see her back and I think she was a great character. Um, she was definitely like still learning her powers, you know, getting through all of it, um, and getting through her, her beef with Captain Marvel, her aunt, and how that was kind of holding her back and holding Captain Marvel back at the same time. Um, and just, again, I'm going to keep singing how well I think all three of them played together. Um, I think it was just, you got the, the kid that wants to be a superhero and is a superhero that doesn't really recognize that other people are people instead of heroes. Then you got the hero that feels like a villain that also kind of wants to be a a good person. normal person yeah right just a good normal person and then you got the woman that just got powers that also thinks of herself as that little kid growing up with her aunt and just wants that connection again but also is a hero and a scientist and all that stuff well the the moment where she turns to to Brie Larson is like, why didn't you come back? Right. We needed you. I needed you. And like that, this is why there's that resentment there and that, that holding back and this moment. And then it, at first, like, it's like, we aren't sure. And then we also get the, the flashback scene where we see she did come back. Right. At a point that, that we get that address. She has come back. She did go to those moments. But then obviously the big reveal was when she said, I couldn't come back because I needed to right the wrongs that I did. Right. She went and killed the Supreme Intelligence, and that led Hala, the Kree's home planet, onto this path of destroying themselves. So she, as the Kree called her, the Annihilator, she did basically annihilate a whole world. Yeah. And she did not want to go back home and until she fixed that and couldn't feel like she could be happy and live a regular life on the planet she wanted to be on with the people she wanted to be with until she fixed the wrong she felt she did in the world. Right. And I was like, that spoke so much and it just, it hopefully cleared out some gripes people have with Brie Larson, with a wise and Captain Marvel around all this stuff. And it's just like, there's reason and there's yeah. explanation to it. And yeah, it's short, it's simple, but it, it, you it was feel it, well. you know, yeah. it. it was done well. I completely agree. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I know another big gripe people had was, Oh, well, okay. Even if they're doing a sequel, Oh, it's this group. It's all this. It's not the three of these characters were perfect. together. Yeah. This was the putting these three characters together, the tying of their, uh, powers, the entanglement, all that stuff. It all made sense. It all worked. It all worked extremely well in this. And I, I want agree. to bring in Darben, the villain. Okay. Um, 
Because I, I think it, the villain worked for the story as well. It was... She was going after, so Darben, also shout out to Tom Hiddleston's wife, is yes. the actress that plays her. Um, she did a good job, too. Like It, it all worked in there. Um, her goal um, being she finds the other band. So Miss Marvel's bands get tied in. They're called the Quantum Bands, which, once again, are from the comics. They're the predecessor of the Nega Bands, mm-hmm. which are a big item in the comics. Whether we just get them out of the quantum bands forever, insert the joke of Ant-Man saying you just put quantum in front of everything. Yes, you yeah. do. <laughs> Clearly. Um, but she finds the other one. And what she's trying to do is just save the planet that Captain Marvel destroyed. Yep. She's trying to get air, water, and the sun. Because that's what her planet has lost. They can't Due breathe. to the civil war that broke out after the Supreme Intelligence was killed. Yep. And it, it's just like it all worked. And it just all, it made sense why she was doing what she was doing and targeting the planets that Captain Marvel cared about and the people she cared about. Targeting the scrolls. Also, our secret invasion tie-in yep. was just the name drop of the colony of scrolls that was out there. Yep. You know what? It, Marvel's did it better. Yeah. <laughs> it was a better representation of the scrolls and all that than Secret Invasion. Yeah. But Carol did care for the scrolls. And that was another complaint we've even talked about in Secret Invasion is okay, well, where's Captain Marvel? How is she? She was out there helping the right. scrolls. She was helping that other group, though. Yep. So it makes me wonder does she know fully what was going on with the scrolls on Earth? Yeah. Possibly not. Um, will we get that answer? Probably not, because Secret Invasion sucked. Yeah. Um, then the musical world, because she was politically married to the ruler, where she got the water, and then they tried to take Earth's son. It all worked for me. It all tied together nicely. I think the, the villain did a great performance. The fake out at the end, where it was like, oh, are they all just going to be huggy? We all forgive yeah. each other. Oh, it's great. No, she just didn't care. She, yep. She's going to do what she wants to do. I'm going to rip this hole in time and space, and I'm going to get what I want. Yep. I I, I completely agree. I, yeah, I just agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so before we get to talking about the end, and in particular the end credit scenes, scene, the, the yeah. kind of, one of the scenes is basically the ending of the movie. Yeah. Um, just final thoughts. I think this is, it's obvious. It's not the top tier Marvel. It's a solid, like I think putting it right with Shang-Chi. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's for me, it's in the B, B plus tier, um, which is where I have Shang-Chi and a couple others. Um, easy, easy, good movie. Uh, it, it exceeded my expectations, I will say. So yeah. that gives it plenty of points. Um, I mean, we we have episodes of us being yeah, worried about this movie exactly. and us both saying we really hope this is good, but yeah. we're concerned. It it, it was fantastic. Yeah. I, I very much enjoyed it. I would go see it again. For I sure. Very much. I'm excited for where these characters are going. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I can. I we, we're both on the same page here. Yep. So if you were looking for one of us not to like the movie, yeah, this was not. The, if you came to this podcast expecting us to, to to trash talk this movie, just because, <laughs> just because, 
you're wrong. <laughs> we're two we're two males in the Marvel universe, and that's yes, what we're supposed to hate. We're supposed to hate on on no no I'm nope. all for this movie. Yep. It was fantastic. They killed um, it. Oh, and I do have to say uh one more thing about the regular movie. Um the uh Sam Jackson's Nick Fury was one great. of his best performances. One of his in years. best. Yeah, one of yeah. his best. You get to see you get to see Nick Fury's kind of other side where he's kind of just the the scene when he's taking her family up in the elevator yeah. up to sword was just so great. It was like great. he's talking with them on the phone. He's like he's like the sassy parent that's like I don't want to deal with yeah. these, but I'm dealing I'm being professional here. Yeah. It, he no, he, he Secret Invasion he he was fine. Yeah. He had his moments, but for the most part it kind of was he was walking through that. Yeah. This was him enjoying the role again. Yeah. Kind of yeah, having it, fun with it, it. And like having fun with it. And I feel like he was that Sam Jackson in Captain Marvel as well. And I feel like just having his friends near him or like his friend kind of just brings that out of the character. If like we're talking in universe um, and it does it like it, it kind of shows, you know, he's he's the other side of him where it's not just all work and no play. It's like kind of just mostly play for him in this one. And it's it's just fun. It was just a fun character to have and in the show. I mean, the movie. Yeah. Also, just the shout. You mentioned it, but the powers of all three are fantastically oh, yeah. done. Um, Spectrum, Photon, whatever name yeah. they're going for her. She they was even great said Nova. The powers. And I was like, well, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kamala's powers were. It, it, she she's been practicing. She, yep. She's looking good. She, she is. She's doing great. And then Captain Marvel is just. She really is. And I know some people gripe about it. Oh, she hasn't earned the title most powerful event. She just she, is though. She is. Like you just have to accept that her powers just are that she is the Superman. It's, tell me, tell me when someone can restart the sun. Um, yeah, exactly. That's what she's Marvel. just so powerful, right? But it's what I like about it is how they went along. Carol Danvers, yeah. the person, doesn't necessarily want to have all that power. She doesn't want that strength, but she has it. And, and like you even kind see of, that in when she's like, she's telling. Um, uh, Monica Rambeau that she should have had this power. She doesn't want this power. And like, it's too much. And like, you, you see that like her character is, I want to be me, not this power. And that yeah. is such a great message for her character. Yeah. And then I'll take that message into us tying this into the ending. Carol's back on earth. Yep. I'm, I'm happy. We, we got Carol on earth. She's going to be a part of the stories. I know we've talked about the Avengers lineup and if Captain Marvel would be there and kind of growing and she's there. So start putting together that team. Yep. And which they kind of do at the end of the movie. Well, um, that's a different team. Yeah. But it's yeah. a, it's so a let's, team. Let's, it's let's a get team. that. Let's talk that scene first. Yeah. Um, so Kamala, yep. there was a point in the movie where, the, the iPad, the sword iPad, yeah. apparently got left in her house. And we get a scene. Shout out to the Lucky the Pizza Dog sitting yes, on sir. the floor. But it's a mirror of the first end credit scene of Nick Fury recruiting or talking to Iron Man at the end of Iron Man 1. It's, the lines are almost exactly the same. Yeah, which was great. I love that. Kamala has shown up at Kate Bishop's house and is starting a team. In the dark. 
in the dark. Yeah. It, it was fantastic. The, yeah. And there's so oh, again, Amon Vellani yeah. nails it and right. sells it. Yeah. She's um, probably my Marvel MVP now. I'm not going to lie. No, she yeah. she's one of the talking about faces of yeah. the future. She's becoming a face of the future. And Absolutely. I think and Kate Bishop should be right there as well. Oh, yeah. I think those there's a reason it's those two. Yeah. And they name drop Cassie Lang, they name yeah. drop Ant-Man, but there's a reason I, I think there's, there's a reason, reason she didn't show up. Yeah. It's those two are going to be the faces of the next generation. Yeah. And what it's setting up is Young Avengers. Yep. Um so yeah, that's both sounds like we're both excited that this is happening. Yeah. I was I was um, in the theater. Uh my friends who did not watch Hawkeye were like, uh, is this something big that? happening? I was like, oh, when the dog showed up, I was like, oh, and like the rest of the theater was like, oh my God. And like my friends were just like, uh, what's happening? It's just a dog. And I was like, uh, no, it's not just a dog, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Lucky the pizza dog. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm super excited about this. Um, so here's a couple of questions I'll ask you and we'll, we'll discuss what we think. Because uh, clearly they're saying up Young Avengers. This yeah. has also been, if you've just been paying attention to Marvel, very it's, it's clearly happening. being laid out yeah. the line. It's just now it's actually happening. So my first question, is it a movie or is it a Disney Plus show? It better be a movie. <laughs> All right, so you're on a movie be a train. Because yeah. I've actually heard people preferring Disney Plus shows. So why, I, why would you want this to be a movie? I think it deserves funding. It deserves the big screen. And it deserves all the actors to have a moment to shine in a movie like setting. I, I think that, I mean, they definitely could do it in a Disney plus show, but it has to land. I think the history of the, the, the Disney plus shows has not landed for most of them, for most people. Um, and it can be done. Great. I feel like I think they could dedicate some episodes to like some characters and then have it all combined into like this big ending. But why not just do it in a movie if you're going to do it that way, you know? Um, but yeah, I just yeah. want, I'm looking forward to it either way. Yeah. I prefer a movie as well, but that's also because of where I, I see it going. Yeah. I think this could be the Avengers movie. Once again, I, I mentioned kind of Cap and Thunderbolts. I felt good, but this could be a literal Avengers movie, Young Avengers, Young Avengers. that builds into King Dynasty Secret War. And this is my out there theory. This could be. Re- this could be what replaces King Dynasty or mm. actually be what is King Dynasty with the King being Iron Lad. Oh, and a okay. character we've talked about because Iron Lad has been on the Young Avengers and it's true. that could be what the King Dynasty story is around is maybe it's around Iron Lad and all this and him kind of can work with the Young Avengers. Yeah. And that could be the Avengers movie. That one, or it could become maybe if they don't want to do can't once again. I think Iron Lad will play a role in the Iron. Oh Man, yeah, which is why I think it will end up being a movie. I agree. I'm with you. I think it should be a movie. I want these care. I don't want Miss Marvel's weird powers and the stuff and what happened with her show. Let yeah. it speak. Let this become the next show. Let these some of these characters move forward onto the main team. If it is a show. Make it live action Young Justice. Yes. I know that's DC, but yes. it should be playing in that realm. It, even though it's younger characters, a darker. The third reason I don't want it to be a show is because then it will just become discount Gen V. 
Yeah. Which is currently a big hit of young big fan of superhero show. characters. There's literally an Ant-Man character on that show. Like, yep. a, a girl, it's you can't... I feel like if you do a show, it's just going to be people... With, and uh, the boys in Gen V is all a play and on satire super, on superheroes yeah. anyways. But you literally would be setting yourself up for a direct comparison. Yeah. Just don't do it. Just don't. Just don't do it. Um. But yeah, and I mean, and we're getting more Young Avengers coming up here soon. Wiccan is supposed to be a part of uh, the Agatha show. Um, we've already seen a couple. There, This has definitely been built up, and maybe this has been the plan the whole, whole, all along. And we just, because it reads King Dynasty Avengers, maybe that's Young Avengers, the King Dynasty. Yeah. I, I hope so. I... I kind of think that would be an interesting way to spin that off. Um, mm -hmm. Like, they introduced the idea of Avengers King Dynasty, but it's not the Avengers you guys thought it was going to be. Like, I think that would yeah. be an interesting Well, because maybe there isn't a team. Or what happens in Captain America 4 sets it up to where the only teams that could be are, like, the Thunderbolt, the government-approved team, the Dark Avengers, right. essentially Dark Reign storyline. You have that team. So then it's these kids kind of putting it together and trying to deal with the threat while the adult heroes are basically stuck in political red tape. Yeah. And so the young characters are the ones that set up up. Or once again, I'll draw a comparison to Young Justice, which if you haven't watched Young Justice, it's a DC show. But please please watch go it. watch it. It's yeah, please fantastic. Watch our show. But season one of that show, the, the heroes are, or season one and two, the heroes are basically taken out and they're they're pulled away or they're drawn into something else to kind of be a distraction. So the villains can come in and it's the, the young heroes that have to step up and take over. Thinking of like the reach setting up the heroes for basically they have to go out and be on trial because they're blamed for something that happened deep in the universe. What if Kang sets this up and is working this and it's then a, it's once again, young Kang that comes back and maybe, kind of helps build this team and moves it forward. It's what I want to see. That's what I hope we see. Um, and I, I'm with you. I hope it's a movie. But yeah. if it's a show, just to basically take Young Justice and make it live action. Please. Don't don't make it super... You kind of have to lean more into the Gen V comparison if you're making a show. Make it closer to Gen V and kind of a more mature show. Yep. Than making it super family friendly, which is why I don't want it to be a show. Yeah, I completely agree. I think tacking on the show brings in so many other things that need to be added. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So, anything with the the young advent? I almost said young justice, young Avengers scene before we move to the mid credit, the potentially bigger of the yeah. two scenes. Um. No, I think it was. Well, I think it was extremely well done. That's all I gotta say. Uh, just the, just the direct references from the OG movie, um, yeah. and just that Iman Vellani's uh, Miss Marvel is basically channeling her inner Nick Fury for that. It's just, it's just great. Yeah, yeah. and also for the people getting mad that it's Iman is Miss Marvel creating the team and not Kate Bishop who yeah. did it in the comics. They're saying Kate Bishop to be the iron, like she, she's the she's first the, recruit. Yeah. She's Kate Bishop's going to be a major part in this for sure. It's Haley Steinfeld. She's yeah. going to be the, a major player. It's, yeah. But Amon Vellani is such a good spokesperson for the universe for, for sure. this 
it, it should be her. She's excited. She she is bringing that excitement of all of this for us because she's so excited. So I think how they framed it was perfect. But let's move yeah. on to scene number two. So the oh, movie yeah. ends. The big climax is Darben opens this rip in time and space. She causes an incursion is yes. essentially what she does. Yes. If you don't know incursions, it's the multiverse threat of secret wars where... They talked about it in Multiverse of Madness. Worlds collide. They die. Yeah. Spectrum, Photon. Whatever. Maria. Yeah. Miss Rambo. Take, yeah. <laughs> to, takes the energy of Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel and goes to the other side of this tear to close it. And she knew all along she'd be trapped over there. Yeah. Carol apparently thought she wasn't. I don't know why she ever thought that. Yeah. Um, but... She gets trapped over there, and it's revealed in the end credit scene. She wakes up. Her mom is there next to her, who is, you know, dead in our universe. Yep. And they're in the X-Mansion. Yes, sir. They are in. So, uh, and we also get Kelsey Grammer back yep. as a fully digital beast, not makeup. He looks walking great, as well. by the way. Yeah. Like, so yeah, let's... Fantastic. I'll let you pick where you want to start with Beast, then talking about that. You want to talk about um, what we think this is affecting. You want to talk about Binary, who is who her mom is yeah. in this moment. Is this where do you want to start with this? Because there's so much uh, to talk about with this. I think we just start with how the scene started with uh, Monica waking up and seeing Binary. Uh, and Binary's like, Who are you? <laughs> and she's, and no. Maria's just like, I mean, Monica's like, mom? And like, she's like having this whole breakdown and she's like so happy and sad and she's apologizing to her mom and she's getting all those feelings out. But then Binary's just like, uh, yeah, who are you? Like, what's going on? Where you come from? Yeah. So yeah. clearly the, not a mother-daughter relationship right. at all in this universe, in this X-Men. They're probably like the same age universe. in this universe. Yeah, no, yeah. and they are. Yeah. And the, um, so yeah, let's talk binary. Yeah. Just in for anyone that doesn't know this character that we're referencing, binary is actually a version of Carol Danvers in yes. the comics. Uh, so Carol Danvers, a lot of her story for Captain Marvel was all combined into one. In the comics, she's actually not super powerful. Originally, she just kind of has some powers. Basically, long story short. At a point, Rogue drains her powers from her when Rogue was a villain. Yep. She then gets tortured by Kree and Brood in the, in space and basically becomes a mutant where she becomes the Captain Marvel that with the power set that we have in the movies. Yeah, um, That's the long story short, but when she's that character, she's called Binary. And she has this red and white costume and all of this. So basically, Kevin Feige threw that all together. We had the Kree torture and all that stuff in the Captain Marvel original origin story that we got. Yep. He wrapped it all up in one, but he's giving the persona binary to this other character from yep. this other universe. And I don't know if you noticed, and it's something people are pointing out, she's wearing the quantum bands. Yes. Yes, she is. Both of them in particular, which is established here to be extremely powerful. Yep. To be... Dimension changing, they said, to be able to shape time or not time, just yeah. space. 
What's the note? Uh, Quantum bands and the Nega bands is something a Captain Marvel character does have in yep. the comics as well, but it's the original Captain Marvel, the, the male version, that used those bands for his power. So it all ties together. I think it's really cool. There's mixing and matching all this kind of Captain Marvel history. Um, and yeah, it's just another super powerful, awesome character. So um, that's great. Um and it, it ties in with the X-Men, because essentially in that time in the comics, Carol was a part of the X-Men, because she was essentially a mutant, um, more so than an actual powered superhero and all that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anything, anything left with Binary that you want to go over? Um, I actually don't know much further than that about Binary, uh, so no, but I think it's cool that that's the character that they chose to include in that credit scene. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, then let's talk beast cause and Ooh. the X-Men of it all. Cause it's very clearly the X mansion that we know from the Fox universe. Right. It's the silver. It's the gold, the X door. That's not the beast from the oh, X-Men sir. universe. He looks more like the animated series beast. Yep. Obviously it's Kelsey Grammer who played beast in the last stand, the yep. third X-Men movie. Um, but yeah, just, it was so cool seeing it, him. It really having was. Him back. Like, um, I didn't expect it at first. I thought we were just in another timeline where the mom is younger or she's like, like in, um, uh, Multiverse of Madness where she's Captain Marvel, like one of those timelines. But then you see this big blue guy walk across the screen with that voice and you knew exactly who he was before the camera panned and I was like oh my god and even in the theater everyone around me was like oh my god and even this one kid in the front was like (laughs) X-Men and it was cool (laughs) and um, yeah I think just seeing him in that full CGI beast that looked so accurate and like very well done uh, form uh it just brings so much so much possibility so much fun that can be had in the universe again yeah yeah and i i mean we're all this because you mentioned the multiverse of madness and obviously we saw maria yeah. as a captain marvel there clearly this is not that universe because um it's She's not Captain Marvel. They mentioned Charles Xavier, who in the 838 universe is uh, dead. Dead. Um, yeah. Very much dead. Um, so clearly it's a different universe. And I think, obviously, this, if anything, is going to tie us into probably Deadpool. And yeah, Deadpool 3 sure. and how these characters are going to tie in. Because we think about what we've seen of Deadpool 3, in particular the picture, Wolverine's in his yellow outfit. Yeah. So is this kind of my question because we've all essentially been thinking oh well it's just it's the exact fox movies and those characters coming is it gonna be just kevin feige yes just taking the fox characters exactly how they are and bringing it over and just maybe updating the way they look or is this kind of a different x-men fox universe that's kind of the same characters as does it matter? What do you think? Do you think it's just kind of he's updated all the looks of these characters to match the 97 show? Or are these kind of all different versions of X-Men that we're kind of seeing? I think I think they are 
different versions, but also updated looks to match the old versions, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, like like they will be the same characters, but they'll have some different. But they're not going to be all in right. black leather. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I'm with you as well. It's basically he doesn't want black leather team showing yeah. up. Yeah. It's but it's I think that is Kelsey Grammer from the last thing. Yeah. I think that is that character. There might be some retcons that are made, this and yeah. that. And the looks, I think, are just one of them. I think the Wolverine we're getting in Deadpool 3, even in the yellow costume, is just going to be Hugh Jackman from the Brian Singer movies. Yeah. May, and, I mean, he has a retcon built in already. Days of Future Past. Yeah. Literally, that is his retcon to explain why they all are wearing different costumes or why they look slightly different. And it's, I, so I, I do fully think the X-Men were getting here, what we saw here. And I think that's why it visually looked the way it did, literally exactly like that X-Mansion. I think the X-Men were going to get in Deadpool 3. And the X-Men that are first going to be brought over are just going to be the original Fox X-Men. Yeah, I agree. And I, th- this to me just more confirmed it. With obviously some retcons. Binary's not in those movies. Yeah. He's... He, Kevin Feige's able to play in this, and I don't think he needs to explain it either. If he doesn't, if it's never said this is just the Brian Singer universe and all this, or I think it is whatever happened after Days of Future Past. There was a story that happened that we never saw. That's where everything's picking up, and whatever that group was is what's coming over. I I could I agree. I agree. Hmm. Um, trying to think of if there's anything left for us to talk about here. Um, oh, I have, we can talk about our gripes, I guess, with the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, just to end it off on a bad note. But, <laughs> um, there were, like, just moments in the movie where, um, things kind of just didn't, like, continue in a way, I feel like. Um, like... For example, I cannot remember what happened to the other bangle in the movie. After yeah, they, they didn't actually explain it because yeah. Kamala has both of them on, obviously, in the climax. To blast but then when Spectrum we see her later on, she only has right, one. Exactly. And yeah. um It's not explained. It's not at all mentioned. And like Which might just be a continuity, like weird air, like maybe they didn't at a point have her have to, maybe it was something that was cut, maybe they haven't decided, maybe it's just too much power, maybe she has both but only wears one because okay. it's just too much power, and when she needs the power up, she'll put on the other one. Right. But like they did They definitely did not explain yeah, it though. So like, yeah. At least they at least show her like wrapping it up and putting it away or something. Like nothing was meant. Yeah. Or but, like, like Cap or Captain Marvel has that. Yeah. yeah, they should have shown what I agree. Yeah. I that was as a gripe I would agree with. Yeah. And like um I at the same time I feel like the villain was good, but I kind of felt like it was kind of just plain in a way, like there was no oh, it depth. was classic Marvel. Though. Yeah, it, it was, was like it was no, very much. there was no depth to the character. It was just like I just want to heal my world and I'll do whatever it takes, whatever. You know, classic. You can't be mad at it, but uh, I don't know. I kind of wished for a little bit more from the character, but all in all, I liked the character. I'm not saying I didn't. It was just I wanted more. Is is yeah. yeah, and I think there could have easily been more. Then. Yeah, for but sure. I, and that's where I think the hour 45 yeah did limit it. Yeah. I think if there was no 
there's no time to go deeper. For sure. It was, there was enough there. It worked. And I would agree. I think there could have, it could have been, and unfortunately another Marvel villain just dies in the movie they're introduced. So yeah. we won't ever get more, yeah. which is a bit disappointing. Um, my biggest gripe, um, I just had it and now I've kind of like forgotten it. Oh, I remember mm-hmm. the, the bands. Yeah. We know from Miss Marvel's show that Miss Marvel's was found in a Ten Rings temple. Yep. Clearly, there's a connection with Shang-Chi and all of this and the ring. Why wasn't there a Shang-Chi connection? Why didn't he show up at the end? What if he was the one that shows up and takes the band? Or there's a, a scene with him in a conversation and why she can't have both. There could have just... This is where we should have seen Shang-Chi pop I completely back agree. And even if we finally take that post credit scene from Shang-Chi where they're like talking with Bruce Banner and Wong Mar- and, and what Captain if Marvel, her walking away was her to go talk to Kamala right. or something, you see the back half of exactly. that scene or something. Exactly. There should have been a Shang-Chi connection. That's exactly. my biggest gripe. I completely agree. Or like the location that was like unknown to them was actually the location of the other bangle that was being broadcasted through the what a mystical force, whatever. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know, connect that somehow. I felt like that. I completely agree. That definitely could have been made. Shang-Chi hasn't been referenced once since his movie. Yeah. Even though he's one of the characters people right. are clamoring. You could have, even if it, if, throw in another post credit scene. Right. Once again, I've just you could have filmed that in ten minutes. Right. Just the, the back half of the scene, or him him calling up Carol afterwards and be like, or her calling him up. Hey, I, I got something to tell you. Right. Five seconds. There you go. People are going crazy. Right. Hire me, Marvel. I'm right Please. here. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that that, that is my, probably my only like one big real grip. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all right. Well, we just ticked over an hour and a half, and I think we're pretty good here. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mentioned it with the, the Logan stuff. The, this obviously locks it. We're we knew Multiverse wasn't going. Yeah. Right? Deadpool three has been talked about as huge month. It wasn't. This clearly establishes it, and it's there, and incursions and all that. But once again, I don't feel like it's locked into King. Oh yeah. The, they establish incursions can happen very clearly. There's room for a doom to sneak in here. There is. I would rather there be an iron lad that comes in. Me and too. like I said, with the idea of maybe Kang Dynasty is a young Avengers movie. Um, but yeah, um, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you guys, you you know the drill. You can find me everywhere at A Sacred Skull. Uh, I'm, I'm live on Twitch whenever I can these days. And uh, yeah. And I'm on Twitter. I post reviews of I post little spoiler free reviews after everything I watch, basically my little sacred reviews section. Um, You comment on it. Fight me about it. Tell me what you think about the things. Yeah, that's about it. Um, And yeah, I'm just going to continue to encourage at Mediaverse underscore pod. Yes. Follow us on Twitter. Um, Share the show, please. please. Keep, keep playing this grow. We, yep. we want we want as many people to hear our our takes as possible and get more conversation going. Yep. So, um, 
We'll be back in two weeks. So I know obviously you've gotten back-to-back weekly episodes. That was just we needed to do that kind of interchange yeah. article came out. Uh, but expect us back in two weeks. Um, I'm not – we might need to be coming up with a topic. Yeah. Unless a bunch of news breaks. We're uh, kind of actually out of shows here for yeah, a bit. We out of games. Um, we out so, of shows. We out of movies. We don't. Yeah. We don't have um, a lot. So with that, if you have questions, I'll – Maybe post a tweet on the Twitter before we record next of any questions you want us to answer. I will also ask my Discord. If you guys are yeah. in my Discord, I will let you guys know. All right. But with that, thank you all for hanging out with us. Thank you for staying to the end. And we'll see you all in the next one. Bye, everyone.